shared my irritation and my frustration. Amen. Amen. I just had to vent. All right, let me go. I joined some organizations, part of the Baptist Ministers Union, and given me $50. I never asked them what. Matthew chapter 6. <clears throat> Verse 5. Oh Lord our God, we pray now that you will bless our time together as we share this day. God, your word you share with your servant. God, we pray that as we share your word and we hear it, God, we will become both hearer and doers. God, help us this day to understand your word, that we might apply your word to every day of our life. And God, we thank you for every promise and every principle and every precept that you've given. Now, Lord God, I pray that you would give me clarity and mind. to articulate the truth that you've given that your son Jesus might be seen. And God, we shall never give you praise in the marvelous and matchless name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Reading in verse number five of Matthew's Gospel, chapter six, you find these words. I'm reading from the Apologetic Study Bible. Whenever you pray, must not be like hypocrites because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. I assure you they've got their reward but when you pray go into your private room shut your door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray don't babble like the idolaters since they imagine they'll be heard from their many words. Don't be like them because your father knows the things you need before you ask him. Amen. Before you take the seat, pray. Pray. That the Lord will bless you. The Lord will bless you in a special way. In a special way. With the help of God. With the help of God. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. In our prayers. In our prayers. Our pastor. Our pastor. Going to preach about. Going to preach about. Prayer. Prayer. That connects. That connects. With God. With God. Amen. Amen. Let's just please let folks in for the moments and for you. Amen. Thank you today, Sister Jones, for your hugging ministry. Amen. As people enter into the sanctuary. Amen. Thank God. Come on. Thank God for our ushers on today. Amen. 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 Friendly ushers. Amen. And we thank God for their faithfulness and their labor. Amen. Thank you so much, ushers. Thank you. A prayer that connects with, with God. There's so much that goes on in our lives that we should always want to pray to connect 
with God. I don't know about you, but personally, every time I pray, I, I really need the Lord to hear me. I, I don't want anything to be between our conversation or anything that's going to hinder me getting in touch with the Almighty. The greatest gift that we've been given is salvation. Salvation is the greatest gift that we've been given. God has taken care of our greatest need in the area of salvation. Because we were lost and we were on our way to, to eternal damnation. We were on our way to the burying pits of hell. Amen. But because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because of his death, burial, and resurrection, then we have placed our faith, our belief in the Lord Jesus. We have now been called out of the darkness into the marvelous light. We have been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And we are no longer the children of wrath or the children of disobedience, but we are now joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We are the children of God. What a great gift we've been given, the gift of salvation. Is there anybody here that is glad that God gave you the gift of salvation? And because the Lord has given us the gift of salvation, which now Deacon Glenn gives us access to God. I mean, what, what a great privilege that is. What a blessed, honored privilege it is to be able to take everything to the Lord in prayer. Uh, it's a great privilege, Sam, to be able to go directly into the presence of the Almighty. It's an honor and a privilege to be able to speak to God. To be able to speak to God who created and controls the universe and to know that he has promised to hear and answer us when we call. It's, it's a mind-blowing blessing, Malik. It is mind-blowing when you consider the fact that real prayer is not just our sending words out into the thin air, but that real prayer is used by God to accomplish his purposes on earth. It really boggles the mind to know that God uses prayer not to get our will done in heaven, but that his will might be done on earth. It's mind-blowing that he uses people like you and I through the vein of prayer to accomplish to get his work done on earth. That God would involve individuals like you and I if we think about all of our faults, our failures, our flaws, our frailties, our foolishness, but yet God has given us this great privilege that he uses us when it comes to prayer to help uh, advance the kingdom of God. Listen, listen, I mean, when you think about it, why would God allow somebody like you to enter into an intimate conversation with him? I wish y'all would hear me. Uh, God who is the cosmic creator, God who is omnipresent, who is everywhere at the same time. God is not only omnipresent, but he's omniscient. That is, God is all-knowing. He knows everything, past, present, and future. He knows everything about you. He, nothing that you do catches God off guard. Nothing that you do 
or have done catches God by surprise because he knows past, present, and future. He even knows your thoughts before you think of them. And so to think that why would God, who is omnipresent in every place, beholding the good and the bad, and then God, who is omniscient, who is all-knowing, but God, who is impotent, that God, who is omnipotent, God, who is omnipotent, God, who is the one who is all-powerful, that God is all-powerful, so he really doesn't need anybody. He doesn't need anybody. The one who made it all, feel who holds it all together and can do what he wants to do when he wants to without the help of anyone, yet he has given us the privilege of being a part of his work. God, who he doesn't need us, he can do it all by himself, but he gives us this great privilege, Deacon Davis, not because he he needs us, but because he loves us. And so he has included us in his work that we have been accepted in the beloved. We now have access to the Father that we can help advance the kingdom of God. What a great privilege it is. And the sad thing is often we deny ourselves the privilege that God has given us. God has invited us. He said, come boldly before my throne. He says in Jeremiah, call unto me and I will answer. Notice in our text, the Lord Jesus takes it for granted that his people will pray. He takes it for granted. Look at verse number five if your Bible is still open or you have your smart device. In verse number five, he said, when you pray, not if you pray. Again, he says in verse six, when you pray, not if you pray. He says again in verse seven, when you pray, not if you pray. The issue with the Lord Jesus is not whether you will pray, but the issue is what will you pray and why will you pray? That's the issue in the text is what will you pray and why will you pray? What will you pray? What will you be asking God for? What is your motive and then why will you pray? Are you doing it for God or are you doing it for man? So prayer that connects with God. The first thing we've got to understand, what Jesus says, first of all, he says uh, you got to watch how you pray. There is the caution of showing prayer. The caution of showing prayer. That is to show off. The first advice that Jesus gives, look at verse number five. Go your Bible. Look at verse number five. So the first advice Jesus gives is this. When you pray, pray secretly. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Now, you need to understand that what Jesus was referring to, he's not against public prayer. The Pharisees, the problem was that the Pharisees, they loved to pray in two places. They loved to pray in the synagogues and they loved to pray on the street corner. The reason they loved to pray in these places is because that's where most people were gathered. 
And so the Pharisees, they were really clever. They were clever people. They wanted an audience with people, not with God. And so the hypocrite, he says, don't be like the hypocrite. The word hypocrite, it means to be a stage player. One who puts on a performance that they might receive an applause. And there were certain times of prayer throughout the day, and, and, and the Pharisees who loved to make a show of their prayer and show off their religion realized this was a great time to put on a performance. And so it was a great way to show off their religious shine, if you would. And so they would make sure that they were standing on the busiest street corners, and they would begin to pray out loud. And these people may be claiming to talk to God, but in reality, they were talking to the people around them. Their motive was not to worship God, Kia, but to impress people. So Jesus said they'll get just what they're looking for. They want to impress people. They want people to hear them. Well, that's what they're going to get. They're going to get a reward from the people around them, and they won't get anything from me. And the prayer doesn't mean anything to God because, first of all, it's not directed towards God. They were simply doing it so they could hear people say, you're a great prayer warrior. Ooh, you can really pray. I wish I could pray like you. He says, I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. The prayer doesn't mean anything to God because the conversation was not with God. It wasn't really a prayer to him or for him, so God has nothing to do with that kind of prayer. Public prayer can be kind of a performance. Saying the right words in the right way, being smooth, being loud, and too often we're concerned with getting it right. That's why a lot of us are hesitant to be called on, or when we're called on to pray publicly, we're very hesitant when we say, I can't pray in public, or, or, or I've never done it before, and I, I, I really need some more time to grow up, I'm really shy. Uh, I'm afraid to do it because the problem is is that we think it's a performance. And so we, we feel like we've got to get it right and say the right words and, and, and maybe use some King James language and, and that the reason we're so concerned about it is because other people are listening and we want our prayers to sound good to other people. We, we were hesitant praying publicly because we're not concerned about what God thinks about our prayer. We're too busy worrying about what other people think about our prayer. Did I sound like an idiot? Did I sound foolish? Did I sound crazy? Was I just rambling? Was I just babbling? Listen, when you talk to God, it's from your heart. It's from your heart. And so it's not about what other people think. It's about what God thinks about your heartfelt prayer. And then if you're one of those people who think that you are the pressure or the prayer inspector, and you're too busy critiquing people's prayers rather than joining in the corporate prayer or criticizing their prayer because it wasn't long enough or maybe it was too long or maybe they prayed about this and prayed about that. Listen, you don't know what was on their heart. 
original here again. Because prayer is not a conversation oh. with oh. other people. It is a talk with God because of Jesus Christ and aided and assisted <laughs> by the Holy Spirit. I want you to understand that Jesus was not condemning public prayer. The Bible is full of public prayers. When you look throughout the Bible, Jesus even prayed publicly when he was dying on the cross. The Holy Spirit was sent on the day of Pentecost during a public prayer meeting. Prayer ought to be a part of every corporate worship service. Every spiritual meeting, there ought to be some prayer. I wish I had somebody. Jesus was not condemning public prayers. He was condemning the desire to be seen praying publicly. Ken Hughes said it like this in one of his books. Ken Hughes said when it comes to prayer, we ought to raise this question. Am I thinking of what others are thinking about when I pray? Am I looking for just the right phrase? Am I thinking more about the people who are worshiping with me than the one who is supposed to be worshiping? In other words, ask the simple question, am I praying to God or am I performing for others? Am I praying to God or am I performing for others? What he's saying is that what is it's wrong to pray for the purpose of impressing people. That was the problem with these Pharisees in this text. They were praying to impress other people. God said, that's the problem. Be yourself. God already knows you. He knows your faults. He loves you. So just talk to him and don't worry about anyone who might be listening. It's none of their business. Tell your neighbor, my prayer is between me and God. Even when it comes to public prayer, I, I'm not praying. You know what? There are other people in the room, but I'm not praying so you can hear me. I'm praying to God. And while I'm up praying, guess what you should be doing? Praying also. So he says a word about the caution of showing prayer. If you're doing it to impress people, he says what you're asking for, you might as well get it from people. Because he says, you have your reward, and it's not coming from me. It's coming from them. So he says a word about the caution of showing prayer. He says, don't show off. But then there's the commendation of secret prayer. Jesus says, pray to the Father. That is, realize, first of all, who you're talking to. He's not the big guy in the sky. He's not the higher power. He is God, the Almighty, the absolute Holy One. That's why when Jesus lays out the, the disciples' prayer or the model prayer, he says, our Father, he says, remember who he is, he's your father. Our father, but remember where he is, our father, which art in heaven. And then he goes on, he says, now hold up before you go too far. Remember who you're talking to. Hallowed be thy name. I'm about to reverence his name. 
I got to remember, he's not only my father, but I got to remember he's my God and my king. I just have to remember that he is in control. He is the absolute holy one. He is the God almighty, the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the ending. I've got to remember and realize who I'm talking to. He says, go into, John, he says, go into your secret place or, or your closet in your chamber. Uh, this closet is a place to shut the world out. A place where you can concentrate and exclude some things. So it has more to do with concentration and exclusion rather than entering to your bedroom closet or building a prayer room on the back of your house or going to your she shed uh, uh, for prayer. Um, but it has more to do with concentration and exclusion. We, we, we must shed out everything, girl, which may interrupt us when we're talking to God. I, I've got to exclude everything and everyone and focus totally on God. That's what Jesus means when he tells us to go to your room and shut the door and pray in secret. Uh, wherever that place is, it, 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 it's, 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 it's a place for you to be able to concentrate without distractions and, and to exclude some things that would distract you. There's, there, there, there is no one telling you uh, what a great prayer you are. That, that's why God loves the secret place because there are no, nobody's there waiting to give you a prayer award. A, a prayer plaque or a prayer trophy saying world's wow. best prayer uh, there's nobody there telling you about how skillful you are in your prayer. That's what he loves about the secret place. And when you're in, in the secret place, it's just you and God. And concentration, if the truth be told, can be very difficult. Can anybody, can anybody admit the fact, I, I'll be honest, praying, praying, and, and concentrating can be very difficult in prayer. And the most earnest prayers to God, our minds wander. Our minds wander. I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I can be praying, Dr. Thomas, and all of a sudden, something pops up in my head. Uh, uh, you know, what, what we did in the sixth grade uh, on the last day of school as we were going uh, passing by Irvin's grocery store. Stall cup and children, and, and you know, I'm like, where, where did this come from? I ain't been in sixth grade, I can't even remember that. It's been so long, but, but our minds have a tendency to wander, so don't think you're strange. Let me help you today. Don't think you're strange, or, or you're not holy, or, or, or you're not strong in the Lord. Our minds have a tendency to wander because actually when we pray, it's really a battle. Because the enemy will even try to get your mind to go places you don't want it to go. Because he doesn't want you to connect with God. So that's why Jesus said, you've got to go to a place where you can concentrate. 
He means he tells us to go to our room and shut the door and pray in secret. Your hidden place doesn't need to be in the closet. It doesn't even have to be indoors. It can be on the track while you are walking and getting your exercise on. You know what? I've, had, I've gone into the secret place at the gym on the elliptical with my headphones on, listening to Andrew Johnson sing. I'm on the elliptical. I've shut out distractions. I'm able to concentrate and I've excluded things that are distracting. So it doesn't have to be a room, a closet. Because see, here's the thing about it. It has nothing to do with the posture of your physical body. It has nothing to do with the place you are in. It has everything to do with your heart. Because Oftentimes, and, and, I, and I think we do it out of out of respect when we pray, we 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 bow our heads. But but you don't have to bow your head every time you pray. Uh, you can pray standing up. You can pray laying in your bed. You can pray driving down the field because you don't have to pray. You don't have to pray with your eyes closed. Because there's no scripture in the Bible that says pray with your eyes closed. It's, 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 not, it's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. Now what we do find in the Bible in several places is that when people pray, they pray with, and there's no place in the Bible that says there's a particular place where your hands have to be, if they have to be clasped, if they have to be, you know, we've seen little artwork or emojis with hands praying like this. But the Bible doesn't say anything that our hands have to be in a particular position or our eyes have to be closed. But what we do find in the Bible, Chelsea, this is what we do find in the Bible. What we find, uh, 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 Sister, Sister Womack, is that we find often people's hands are lifted. And we find people, not only their hands lifted, but eyes are lifted towards heaven. Are y'all hearing me? I'm just trying to help us. I'm just trying to help us to understand that this secret place is, is not a room and it has nothing to do about a, about a place or a posture. The main thing about this secret prayer is where your heart is. So Jesus is saying, even if you're with other people, keep your communication between you and God. So when we get into this 21 nights of prayer and you come up to pray, understand that your conversation is between you and God. This has nothing to do with, with the people in the room. It's you and God. And, 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 you, don't, and you don't have to pray and see how they're going to respond to your prayer. Pray, pray, man. Say your prayers. Pray. Come on, Lord, you pray. Pray. Hallelujah. Pray. Come on, you know, you pray. Pray on. Pray on. Pray. 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 And you start feeling it. Who are you praying for? Who are you praying to? 
Keep your communication between you and God. Um, get smart. Anybody in this life get smart? Anybody? Raise your hand. Yeah. Get smart. They had the uh, the dome of silence, the cone of silence, where where get smart to say to the chief, you know, other people be in the room. We just need the cone of silence. So this big plastic cone would come down so nobody could hear what him and the chief would say. And sometimes it didn't always work. Anyway, uh, the, the whole picture of the fact was that this cone would come down and it was supposed to keep the conversation just between get smart and the chief. Even though other people were in the room. And so when it comes to public prayer, we need to remember that the conversation is between you and the chief. Even though other people are in the room, the conversation is to be between you, you and God. And so when you pray, no matter how crowded the room, no matter who's listening, you go into your secret place where you can have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with the God Almighty. Just what is this reward? He says you're going to receive your reward. I believe the reward is that he will hear your prayer and he will answer your prayer. But I think it's important to understand that God will not always give us the answer that we want. But he's going to give us the answer that is best for us. Because God loves us so much. And sometimes we ask for some stuff we really don't need. It's not going to be beneficial to us. There's one uh, passage where Jesus says, listen, uh, if, if, a, if a son was to ask his father for a, for, a, for a fish, would he give him a serpent? If he was to ask for bread, would he give him a stone? Because sometimes we're praying for what we think might be bread, but he sees it as a stone. You pray for fish, but he sees it as a serpent, something that might hurt you up the road. And so there are times that he won't give us what we're asking for, but he's going to give us what is needed and what is best for us. He will answer our prayers by giving whatever, get this, whatever is best for you. Tell your neighbor he loves you. He loves you and he's going to give you what you need and he's going to give you what you're going to need to help you grow and be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Amen. And some of the stuff that I've asked for in my life in the past, I'm glad he didn't give it to me. I'm glad there are some things he didn't give it at the time I asked for it, and, but he gave it later after I had matured. And then I'm glad that there are some things, James, that I asked for that he ain't never gave to me. And when I look back over my life, I'm like, thank God. Is there anybody here can testify and say, yeah, I, I had some of those prayers too, but thank God he knew what to keep from me. Lastly, lastly, lest I hold you too long, say the word about the caution, showy prayer, the commendation, secret prayer. But let me say lastly, the clarity in sincere prayer. Here he's talking about memorization prayer. Just going by the numbers. 
using the same worn out cliches and phrases, saying things you've heard other people say without really putting any heart into your prayer. God is great. God is good. Let us thank you. to me 
and, 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 and I'm going to hear you and I'm going to answer you. What a privilege it is to be able to go to God in prayer. That's why when you get go to God, you just talk to him. I said it over and over again. Let me say it again. Don't go to God changing your voice. Thank you. 
kingdom, my grace is sufficient. Paul, you're going to deal and live with this thorn, but my grace is sufficient. That when you find yourself weak, you're going to then see how strong you really are. Because Paul, my grace is sufficient. That's some stuff, I, I, I ain't mean to break your bubble, but that's some stuff you just going to have to deal with in life. But the Lord wants you to know like he said to Paul, my grace is sufficient. about where's your heart? Where, where's your heart? The pastor, you said, God already knows. Jesus said, he already knows. So, let me go on and answer the question that you want to ask. Tell me why. If you already know, why I need to pray? Well, first of all, we're commanded to pray. And that should be enough right there. We're commanded to pray. We've been invited to pray. Second, we can secure by prayer. Cherise, that which we will not have if we did not pray. We can secure by prayer. That which we will not have if we did not pray. James 4 and 2. You have not because you ask. I, I know what you need. I have it. But I'm waiting on you. Nothing to do 
posture of your body, the place where you pray, your eyes closed, your hands clasped. Prayer that connects with God is intentional, with the right motives, thoughtful, meaningful words, and actions directed towards God. Prayer that connects with God is not showy, but it's done in secret between you and God. That secret place is not a room, it's not a closet, but it's a place of concentration and exclusion. Now, wherever your place is, your place might be a closet, but all I'm saying, you don't have to go in a closet. For you, your place might be in your office, it might be in the bathroom, it might be your bath time while you're soaking in your bubble bath. That's your quiet place. If that's where you can connect with God, then you connect with God. But it's more about concentration and exclusion. But I can close out the world and focus totally on talking to God. And when I talk to God, it needs to be done simple, with clarity. Meaningful words that come from my heart. Hannah, she prayed. She prayed unto the Lord for a child, a male child. She was specific in her prayer. She didn't say, Lord, bless me with a baby. She was specific in her prayer. That's a whole other sermon. She, she prayed. But when she prayed, Hannah didn't pray aloud. Matter of fact, the priest thought she was drunk. Hannah prayed, but only her lips moved. Because Hannah's prayer, God heard it even though words did not come out of her mouth. He heard it because it came from her heart. Because it came from you know, I think, and I'm done, y'all. I think one, I think one, sometimes we have difficulty praying to God and concentrating is because we're used to talking to people we can see. And we can't see God. But I think what really would help us is that even when we're in our secret place and no one's around, if we would talk to God out loud. And remember, you weren't talking to someone. It may not work for you, but it, it has helped me that even in my secret place, if my room might be and I'm talking to God. Now, if you're walking down the street doing your neighbors might think there's something wrong with you. They might call the sheriff's department and see if they can get a mental warrant. But um, you want to try. If you have found it difficult to keep focus on your prayer and, and focusing on God when you pray, try talking aloud to God. It helps you to remember that you're talking to a person. There's no scripture for that. This is just practical and personal what has helped me and I'm trying to help you. Amen. Because the truth be told, I 